Hello, and welcome back to Battle Plan, a podcast focused on spiritual warfare. I am Steve Hemphill, and Battle Plan is an ongoing discussion of how we put our faith into action. Our ministry name is active-faith.org, and my email is stevehemphill1 at me.com. I would love to hear from you. In our last episode, we We've been talking about a series of uh, Jesus' blood as prayer plus Jesus' blood as a weapon, and we did uh, the one on healing power. And today we're going to continue this discussion of prayer plus Jesus' blood, and I'm going to tell you Stephen's story. Let me start with Ephesians 2, verse 13. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ, Ephesians 2.13 NLT. This is uh, one other story of a real-life situation that illustrates the power of the blood of Jesus in a modern-day situation coupled with prayer, and it comes from my good friend, Stephen. Uh, It punctuates the point about the blood of Jesus being such a powerful weapon that I want to share with you uh, this unique story that happened in Stephen's life. I met Stephen at a small church in Arkansas several years ago. I was speaking at the time on heaven, covering excerpts from my first book, My Search for the Real Heaven. Stephen sang a solo that day, and his voice was beautiful. I told him so after the service, and and uh, when it was over, we struck up a conversation. I complimented his great voice, and we decided to go to lunch together. During the meal, he shared his personal journey with me, and it was amazing. He'd grown up in a small Baptist church with very godly, faithful parents. They normally went to church uh, three times a week. I think his dad was a deacon. His musical talent began to reveal itself during his uh, high school years, and when he graduated high school, he was invited to travel and sing with the Gaither group. Many of you are familiar with them. They performed all over the United States and other countries, and he lived that life Uh, traveling and singing with them for about four years, but then things changed. He decided he was gay. He decided to actively pursue a gay lifestyle in Los Angeles, California. He was also a transvestite and began to dress like a woman each day, skirts, high heels, makeup, wigs, etc. That became part of his daily routine. Uh, Living this lifestyle also put him in proximity with many people who were on meth. And Stephen began to use meth also. The meth was so expensive that he finally decided to become a prostitute to support his drug habit. So I want you to think about these last few sentences I've given you so casually and how much uh, this reveals the changes in Stephen's life. He went from being a faithful, active, regular church attending, Bible reading Baptist to a homosexual transvestite prostitute on drugs. Uh, I would say it's hard to over-dramatize the extent of his life change, wouldn't you? Stephen told me that shortly after he began using meth, his eyes were open to the unseen realm, and he began to see demons. When he saw in the spirit, or actually what he saw in the spirit, traumatized him and terrorized him to the point that um, he thought it was just an ongoing hallucination problem 
from the meth, which is really a logical conclusion. So he stopped using the meth. I mean, immediately cold turkey, no problem. Now, now over and over, I hear that that it's very difficult to quit meth. It's the hardest drug to stop. But Stephen did it, no problem. He said what he saw scared the meth out of him, uh, pun intended there. Uh, but it didn't work. He continued to see demonic beings in the spirit realm. Apparently, uh, once your eyes have been opened to the unseen world, it's it's hard to turn it off. I've heard this before. At least this was true for Stephen. The nightmare he was living continued to spiral down, and he began to get desperate for a way uh, to get away from the evil beings that he saw all around him and his property. And um, maybe this is going on worldwide, or maybe demons are more concentrated where drugs and crime are skyrocketing. I don't know. But Stephen told me that he definitely lived in an area with lots of both. Finally, one day he'd had enough and he was so desperate that he panicked. He went into his closet and dug out the Bible that he had, the one he grew up uh, taking to church three times a week and marking up in Bible classes. He took that Bible and marched right out onto the front porch of his house in the middle of his demon infested neighborhood and began to pray the blood of Jesus. Now, again, get this picture. He's in high heels and a skirt, dressed up as a woman, living a drag queen life and pursuing homosexual relationships. And he was standing on his front porch now holding a Bible and praying. He said, Lord, I know I'm living a lifestyle you aren't happy with right now, but I'm terrified by what I am seeing and I need your help. I pray the blood of Jesus around my life and my property because I know that blood can protect me from these demons in Jesus' name. Stephen actually walked the circumference of his property, praying the blood of Jesus all the way around. Within a relatively short time, he tells me he walked away from Los Angeles and he left that lifestyle. He moved back to Arkansas and he went back to church. He looked at me in the eyes and said, Steve, I guess I'll never have sex again because I don't like girls, but I want to go to heaven. And the scripture says, I can't practice that and go to heaven. And then he said, you know what makes my gay friends really mad? And I said, what? He said, they all say, you know, I was born this way, so I have to act on it. But I tell him, first of all, the Bible says they have to be born again. And then I remind them that pedophiles will all tell you they have always wanted to have sex with children their entire lives. Should we tell them to go ahead and do that since God made them that way? No. The Bible tells me that I have to deny myself daily, take up my cross daily, and follow Jesus daily. And that's what pedophiles have to do, too. And that's what gay people have to do, too. That's what lesbian people have to do, too. You know what else he said? He said, everyone, literally everybody in the world has sexual desires they should not fulfill. Some people have homo homosexual desires they shouldn't fulfill, and others have heterosexual desires they shouldn't fulfill. We all have to do the same thing. Deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus every day. The Amplified Bible probably says that verse best. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, 
he must deny himself, set aside selfish interest, and take up his cross daily, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Luke 9, 23. So in light of today's thoughts, let me suggest part of your personal battle plan might be to pray the blood of Jesus around your home. Walk the circumference as you do this, invoking the name of Jesus Christ. It might just change the atmosphere and the future of what happens on that property. Maybe you could pray like this. Lord, as I walk around the place where I live, I ask you to make this place a place of, of peace and safety, protected by the powerful blood of my risen Savior, Jesus Christ, my Lord. Let the blood cover anyone who enters and let it protect all who sleep here, altering our destinies toward a better and more blessed future. In Jesus' name. See you next time on Battle Plan, and we're going to ask the question, or we're actually going to talk a little bit more about the uh, blood of Jesus. We're going to talk about prayer plus the blood Jesus shed on the ground. Let me remind you to keep praying because prayer works. God loves you, and I love you. Have a great day.